How many times have you tried a New Year's cleanse or like a 30-day strict diet to kickstart things? And maybe you stuck to the plan, and maybe not. But over time, whatever changes you may have seen during that intense time frame perhaps didn't stick. And that may make you feel like you're starting over again, over and over. And every time that ends up leaving you with the yo-yo cycle of down the scale and then back up the scale. Today, we're gonna talk about why it's normal to feel drawn in by those programs that promise big change in a short amount of time, why they don't work, and how to remember to love the little changes that last. You ready? Let's get after it. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, my friend. How are you today? Today, we are going to talk about little changes, and I... I am a super huge fan of just making the tiny changes, the things that you feel like you can keep doing five years from now because they're tiny enough, they're easy enough that you're like, yeah, I've got this. However, that's not necessarily the things that um, attract us. We're, we're generally looking for the big fix, for the big change, like this year is gonna be the year. I'm gonna go on the whole 30 cleanse or or you know the big diet that makes things change for real. I remember um, one time my husband and I, we went on a juice fast for 10 days and it was like you'd wear, you would create a smoothie for breakfast and lunch and then you'd have like a light salad or something for dinner. And aside from the fact that looking back, like how much sugar I was putting into my body because each, each smoothie had a bunch of fruit in it, which is just, you know, zoom, you know, shooting up your blood sugar amount. But over time, over those 10 days, I got really tired of blending things for one, but also like I wanted food that was warm, like just a hot food because it was always, you know, you blend it up with ice. And naturally, you know, you lost a little bit of weight during the juice cleanse, but you know, a week after normal food, after getting off of it, it came right back. There was another time that I tried going vegan uh, for about a month, and that was interesting. We had to eat a lot of beans to add in protein because we were not eating any meat. And, you know, let's just say that my um, digestive system didn't love that a ton. Um, I also had a friend who tried Whole30, and I, I didn't try that myself, but she did it and she was miserable because she was having to cook everything from scratch. And so... Those kinds of programs are attractive. Like it's normal for us to feel enamored by those those kinds of things because they promise fast change, you know, a big change in a little amount of time. And in our culture today, we live in a culture of wanting change fast. We don't have to wait for a whole lot of things these days. You know, Amazon can bring you something to your doorstep, maybe even that afternoon. At most, it'll be here tomorrow. With streaming services, you know, back in the day, we had to drive to the Blockbuster. These days, it's just like, what do I feel like? And you can, you know, move the remote over and, you know, there it is, the thing, and order it, download it, watch it right now. We don't have to wait for much at all. And so it makes sense that we have very little patience for things that take time, for slow changes. We're like, I want it to happen yesterday. I am so over feeling this way about myself. I want to change now. However, that goes against the grain of how our brains are wired. 
So let's take a second to talk about how our brains are wired. You know, what is, what is going on in our brains? There's a common analogy out there that describes the relationship between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And the analogy is like an elephant to its rider. The rider uh, has the brains. And so that's like your prefrontal cortex where we make our decisions in the brain. But the elephant has the brawn. And that is like the where the muscle comes from, where most of our actions end up getting determined. So in this analogy, the rider is your conscious mind and the elephant is your subconscious mind. As you may have heard, the subconscious mind is much more powerful than the conscious mind. It's like the elephant is much more powerful than the rider. Now we make a decision to lose weight or go on a diet with our conscious mind, but everyday actions are most often dictated by the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind evolved at a time when change in the environment meant danger. So since a diet is all about changing your behavior, the subconscious mind sees change like a diet as a threat. Keeping things the same seems safe to our subconscious mind. Our biology actively seeks out to keep things as normal, which means that our old weight and our old patterns is what the brain is actively trying to keep in place. So a diet goes against the grain of how our brains are naturally wired. So given that, how do we make changes in our actions and our habits in a way that they don't get derailed by the subconscious mind? And the key is to make change small enough so that it doesn't trigger your, sub your subconscious mind to freak out. How, how does this work? So number one, small changes fly under the radar of your subconscious mind's changeometer and thus they don't set off the self-sabotaging alarm bells. Number two, small changes are easier to sustain and they help you change the way you see yourself over time because they're easy enough that they can gradually become your new normal. And finally, small changes don't feel like deprivation. The destination always feels like the journey did. So if you're making yourself miserable all the way down the scale, you're gonna be miserable trying to stay there. Small changes don't feel miserable, they feel doable. Fad diets promise results quickly, and that makes sense. But it's really hard to sustain those fad diets because they ask you to change too many things all at once, and that works directly against the way your brain is wired to accept or not accept change. Listen, you can willpower your way through big changes for a short amount of time, and that can, you know, it can lead to fast results. However, it's not sustainable. The subconscious mind is always gonna be working to get things back to the way they were because that's what the subconscious mind sees as safe. Diets fail because they don't address the underlying mental scripts and the subconscious behaviors that are going on underneath the surface. So the key is don't try to fix everything all at once. Being overwhelmed does not help you achieve your goals. Simplicity does. Which may sound great, but the problem is that small changes aren't exciting. We don't see progress right away, so we give up. Most of the time, the way we think about change is that either we're not close to the goal at all or until we get close to the goal. So for example, if I wanna lose 50 pounds, I'm close to the goal once I've lost 45 pounds, not three pounds. When we think about it, like those first few steps almost feel like they don't count. We don't give ourselves credit for creating a meal plan and following it 20% of the time because that's not even close to perfect. But if you wanna have sustainable change, you gotta think about change differently. The biggest step, the most important thing is from zero to one, that 1%. The difference between doing something and nothing is everything. 
From zero to one is the part that most people never do. The difference between nothing and a little bit can feel like it's very small, but in truth, it is infinite. It is that little bit that gets you going. The zero to one is the hard part. Once you've gotten going, then it's just rinse and repeat from there. The hardest part of the run is getting out the door. The hardest part of meal planning is sitting down to do it. But perfectionism keeps us thinking that doing a little bit is pointless and we're too busy and we're too too tired or stressed to try something imperfectly, to allow ourselves to be messy, to allow ourselves to get a B minus on our efforts. But doing the tiniest step imperfectly, consistently adds up much faster than doing perfect steps once or twice and then quitting. Doing a little is everything. If you spend 1% of your time or effort making yourself a little better over a year, you will be exponentially closer to your goal. It's literally, it's just math. 1% compounded over 365 days creates exponential progress. While doing something small can seem insignificant, the space between the person doing nothing and the person doing something is huge. So give yourself the chance to be just 1% better consistently and you'll be amazed by how much change you can make over time. Change your definition of success. If you define your success as progress, then even if you stumble forward, you're still further ahead than you were before. When you make progress your goal, that changes everything because it changes the internal story from I'm not good enough to I'm better than I was yesterday. And that is the infinite difference in what helps you to keep going day after day. Which sounds awesome. Yay. Okay, great. I'm on board. Tiny changes. But how? Okay, so here we go. We got four ways to simplify habit change. Are you ready? Step number one, make it easier to start. The Japanese actually have perfected this process over time. And they are, there's a specific word they use to describe the process of small changes. And the word is kaizen. K-A-I-Z-E-N. There's actually a really cool history about this. Um, Toyota um, did a great job of bringing little changes into their factory. And, you know, and then, of course, things exploded for, for Toyota. But basically, Kaizen means small changes done consistently over time lead to huge shifts. And this works amazingly well in weight loss, too. Kaizen is basically the antidote to the diet mentality because Diets ask you to make big changes, but little things end up getting in the way. Whereas Kaizen asks you to make small changes and big things become the result. So why do small changes succeed where big changes fall? It's because of the amygdala. That's the part of the brain where the fight or flight response lives. Because a diet changes so many things, it triggers the amygdala to set off warning bells to either fight or run away from the diet changes that you're trying to make. Kaizen, on the other hand, is stealthy. It's like sneaking in the back door. It makes everything achievable because they're baby steps. And over time, those small steps continue and your brain gets used to them. Repetition creates new neural wiring in your brain and creates new habits. And gradually, your brain's resistance to that change gets smaller. So make change easier on yourself by making it easier to start. Choose something smaller to get started with. Losing 50 pounds feels hard. Losing two pounds feels doable. Doing an intense 45-minute workout feels hard. Putting on my shoes and hitting play on the video feels doable. Planning my whole meals for a week 
might feel hard, but planning what's for dinner tonight might feel doable. All the, the idea here is to get into a place where I can make it easier to start. What feels doable? If there is a change you're trying to make and you feel resistance, that is excellent. That's great news. That means you've bumped up against a boundary of where your current you know, amygdala is ready to, to either take on the change or fight or run from it. So if you are trying to make a change and you feel some resistance to it, great. That's your signal to cut that change in half. Then cut it in half again. So let's say uh, you want to walk for 30 minutes on the treadmill every day. And you find yourself on Tuesday being like, oh, I don't want to do it. And, you know, great. That means cut it in half. So instead of walking 30 minutes on the treadmill every day, either you're walking every other day or you're walking for 15 minutes and then cut it in half again. Can you walk for five minutes once a day? Does that feel doable? Does that feel like that is something that is easy enough that you can at least get on the treadmill for five minutes every day? Make it so small and so easy that it's easier to start. Step number two, make it easier to succeed. A perfectionist can do 80 sit-ups and still feel like a failure because they didn't do 100. And naturally, that hurts your long-term progress because you feel like you're falling short and that feels lousy. So instead, make success binary. Make it easier to succeed and feel like I'm winning. So when I say binary, I mean like, did you do it? Did you not? It's like a light switch. It's either on or it's off. So you don't get a grade for your workout. Like it was, you know, I, I only worked out for 11 minutes instead of 45. No. Did you move? Check. Yes or no. Is the light switch on or off? Did you make a plan to uh, plan any kind of your food today? Yes or no. Let's say you're trying to implement the habit of meditating some more. Then the question is, did you meditate at all? One minute. Did you take any deep breaths today? Yes, no. Make success easier by don't give yourself a grade of like, well, I, I didn't meditate for 20 minutes. I only meditated for five. No, give yourself a win by saying, did I do it at all? Yes, no. So make success easier. That's step number two. Step number three is make it easier to keep going. I got a question for you. What do you think is more important for weight loss, commitment or consistency? I don't know about you, but whenever I would start uh, like an intense workout program, I would ask you like, how committed are you to this change? And, you know, of course, the the right quote unquote answer is, well, yeah, I'm super committed. I'm all in. And on the inside, I'd be like, I mean, I think maybe I'm not sure. I'm kind of scared I might um, mess this up. And I'm afraid to admit that to myself, much less say that out loud. So when you're thinking about commitment, I try and think of it differently. I like to focus on consistency rather than commitment. And so if there's ever a goal or a change that you're not totally sure that you're committed to, again, great, cut it in half and then cut it in half again. Don't beat yourself up for not choosing the big, hairy, audacious goal. Instead, congratulate yourself for finding the boundary of where your current commitment, commitment limits are and then just stay inside them. Any change you consider ought to be one you can see yourself still doing consistently five years from now. If you're like, I don't think I can still do this five years from now, no problem. Make it smaller. Make it easier to be consistent. What if you worried less about your weight loss and simply focused on micro changes that were easy enough that you knew you could keep doing them consistently? Listen, big changes are hard to keep doing consistently because they're big changes. And then when you're inconsistent, you feel like a failure and that feels lousy and you want to quit. 
So set yourself up for success by allowing yourself to feel like you're winning. Make it easier to keep going by lowering your expectations of yourself. Do it out of love for yourself. Listen, we usually set the bar really high out of self-loathing of like, I I can't stand the way I look in this swimsuit, so I'm going to like work out 20 minutes a day, 50 minutes a day, whatever for the next month, and I'm going to only eat salad for the rest of my life. Instead, set the bar lower to give yourself a chance to win. When you set the bar low enough, then your self-doubt won't stop you. And it, gets, it makes easier to keep going. By making success easier to achieve, you get to focus on progress and consistency rather than being perfect. It allows you to take more action with less fear. Little changes provide evidence to your brain that you can commit to change. I love, I, I keep notes in my pocket of like things that I want to remember and things that I want to train my brain to look towards because our brains naturally default to the negative. And so I want to subvert that and give my brain the best chance possible to proactively practice some of the positive thoughts. And one of the notes that I sometimes keep in my, in my pocket that makes me feel awesome is just a very simple statement that says, yes, I am capable of change. And then what I do with my brain is I remember times that I have changed in the past. See, there's evidence. Remember when I used to do that and I don't do that anymore? Yes, I am capable of change. So whatever it is I'm working on right now that I wanna change, I have evidence from the past that I am capable of change. And you set yourself up for the most success possible by giving yourself the smallest changes over time. You've got this. Okay, and finally, the fourth step to making change a little bit easier is to make it easier to feel good. Listen, if you want healthy habits to not be a chore, you need to give your brain a reward for doing them. You can't expect to take away the natural reward that your brain was used to getting from the you know less than great habit and have your brain be like, just fine with it, no problem, I no longer get that reward, but it's no big deal. It's important to attach positive feelings to the action you're trying to groove in so that your brain will remember that it likes this new habit. It's really hard to keep doing something you don't enjoy. I remember a great quote from um, Jen Sincero. She said, training your brain is like training a dog to sit or come or lie down. It's all about meaning, simplicity, treats, and repetition. When I thought about that, it was like, wow, my brain is really just like a dog. All I've got to do is like give it a reward for doing the thing that I wanted to do. And bad habits are easier to keep doing because like there's a natural like dopamine reward from, from that sugar or whatever it is that you're doing that's the negative habit that you're trying to avoid. So when you're trying to groove in a new habit, you need to proactively add in a reward so your brain will remember it wants to do the new habit. Our brains are relatively straightforward. They seek pleasure and avoid pain. So if there's a new thing you want to do, attach a pleasure to it. Give yourself a win for accomplishing even the smallest things. So I want you to complete this sentence. After I fill in action you're trying to do, then I will get to fill in the small rewards you're going to give yourself. So for example, after I meditate for three minutes, then I get to have a cup of coffee, something like that. And there's other ways that you can um, kind of rig the system in your favor that can help give you like rewards. So like, here are some ideas. You can keep a chart, um, give yourself like a check mark or a smiley face or even a gold star 
um, when you do the new habit. I mean, kindergarten teachers, they know a thing or two. For every time you try the new habit, give yourself a non-food treat, like five minutes of playing Candy Crush or, you know, looking at kittens online, something like that. Or another idea is find a buddy or a friend to collaborate with. And you can create like a collective goal where the two of you are working together to reach a big goal. Like, for example, between the two of us, we're aiming to get up uh, from our desks 20 times this week and then like have a spreadsheet to track your rewards. It's really important to help yourself feel successful. When you're practicing habit change, make it easier to get started, easier to succeed, easier to keep going, and make it easier to feel successful. That is the key. You can expect your brain to not feel satisfied with little changes. That's okay. That's normal. That's the way our brains are wired. Allow that feeling to be there and also remind yourself that everything big starts small. I love this analogy coming up. Remember, the promise of the mighty oak rests in the acorn that fits in the palm of your hand. Something huge and enormous and immense is all right there in that little tiny acorn. God's perspective is different than ours. We want changes fast. We feel unsatisfied with tiny little changes, but God can see things differently and on a different timeline. His perspective is not about achievement, but about love. And each choice that you make that draws you closer to loving yourself just a little bit more, that choice waters and grows the seed of the mighty oak inside of you. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings. Your tiny choices are small beginnings, and the Lord rejoices in seeing the work begin. A mighty oak is being watered and grown with those tiny choices. So remember that even those tiny choices make a big difference. All right, it's time for our tiny, confident body action step for the week. So this week, I want you to make a goal on a spectrum. Pick a goal that you're working on, like one category, like maybe you're um, aiming to drink more water, or maybe you're aiming to get some more movement in. Um, Whatever it is, I want you to create a spectrum. So like, there's the when life goes perfectly, I'm going to drink um, eight glasses of water a day. However, life has a way of not going perfectly. Life tends to get in the way. And so even on my toughest days, I'll still be satisfied if I drink two and a half glasses of water. Same thing with movement. Um, my, my stretch goal of like, I, if, I, if I really nail it, I'm aiming to walk 30 minutes on the treadmill every day. But when life doesn't go to plan, I'll at least still be happy if I can get on the treadmill for five minutes. That'll still make me feel like at least I did something. So I want you to create a goal on a spectrum. Here's my, what I'd really love to do. And here's my, when life doesn't go as planned goal, that still makes me feel successful. Remember, it's really important to help you feel successful. That is the fuel that fuels the engine of motivation to keep you going. So give yourself the best chance you can to feel successful by creating a goal on a spectrum. All right, that is what I've got for you today. If there is anything that you have gotten from this episode today, do me a favor and share it with one person. That is the goal. If just one person can feel a little less shame, a little bit like, hey, maybe I'm not the problem, maybe there is hope, then that's a win. So think of one person you can share this episode with today, and I would I would just be so, so appreciative. And if you're interested in all of my tips about weight loss and how to view yourself as the incredible divine miracle that you are, please check out my book called You Are a Miracle, available on Amazon. 
And remember, love yourself because big things start small. Your entire body started out as just two cells coming together. Your tiny actions today can grow into a whole new you. That's what I've got for you today. I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening today. Seriously, I know it's not a small thing and I genuinely appreciate it and I hope it helped you. Make sure you head on over to confidentbody.coach slash tips and sign up for my seven top tips for little shifts that create big results so that you can start feeling confident in your body right now. I will see you next week. And until then, remember, you are a miracle.